Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're rebuilding the Houston Texans. We are fixing that franchise. But don't worry, even if you are not a fan of the Houston Texans, this episode has plenty of draft analysis. A lot of talk about what Houston is going to do and their structure at the top, of course. But we do a lot of previewing of the upcoming free agency class for a lot of different positions and how the draft is going to work because this this episode ends with a mini, well, not so many because Texas, the Texans have so many picks mock draft that we go through in the mock draft simulator that goes all the way through three rounds i'm trevor sycamore with me as always is connor rogers let's ring the bell Opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers joining you on a Wednesday edition of the show, bringing you back a topic that uh, we haven't done in a while, Connor. And I feel like the good people have demanded this of us. Today, we are fixing the Houston Texans. We're dipping back into the Fix Your Franchise series. We've done this with a couple of teams so far, but uh, a lot of Texans fans have tweeted at us, given us messages saying, when are you fixing the Texans? It's been constant. Now I feel like the volume has been too loud for us to ignore it any longer, my friend. But how are you doing? Are you ready for this journey to bring the Texans franchise back to glory? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm excited for this one. And and we're delivering on our promise. So our promise was when they hire a coach, we will fix the Texans because there is no point often uh, besides the Panthers, which was a very timely one when mm-hmm. we did that. But often there's really no point. You'd rather have the coach laid out because – that's going to guide you to free agency. That's going to guide you to the draft. It's really going to help you develop your own blueprint going with that coach's principles. We on this show, I'm sure it happens by accident or just by chance once in a while, but quite often we like to avoid scenarios that just don't make a lot of sense, whether it's a player that would never play in that uh, coach's front or scheme or might not be a good fit. So the Texans got to Miko Ryans, which is awesome for them. Such a big time Huge move win. for the Houston Texans. I thought this with this roster and with the recent track record of Nick Casario, that it would be a tough swing to get what I thought was the top guy on the market at, at, in the head coaching cycle, but they right. did it and good for them. And this gives them, Trevor, a lot of momentum into getting this roster where it needs to be to be a competitor in a division that. Yes, Jacksonville's going in the right direction. We think with Mike Vrabel at the helm, Tennessee will always be hanging around. But this is one of the more vulnerable divisions in all of football. Yeah, no, I, there's no there's no doubt about it. Uh, this is a division that is, I don't want to say like totally right for the taking because I do think that Jacksonville is on the upswing and they've got the young franchise quarterback and they've got the head coach that I believe in. So I do feel like the Jags are maybe taking over that division, but there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of power changes swings, if you will, from these teams that are there for the reasons that you laid out. I did not think they were going to get D'Amico Ryans. I will, we'll dive into D'Amico, but we're going to touch on Nick Casario as well. We're going to hit like what their overlook is in free agency, how much money they have, the, the, the positions that they could go after. And then of course, because this is a draft show, we're going to give you guys a mini mock draft at the end of three round mock draft, which for Houston, actually includes five draft picks. So yeah, it's, it, it's a full draft. <laughs> it's, it's it's maybe not a mini mock draft for the Houston Texans, but I did not think that they were going to get D'Amico Ryans. I felt like D'Amico was basically just going to have his pick of any team. And, and maybe he did to, to a, to a sure. certain extent. I mean, there are head coaching vacancies that were filled a little bit before San Francisco got eliminated from playoff contention, but it feels like the Niners 
lasting as long as they did in the playoffs. I don't want to say hurt Ryan's, but maybe that was just a blessing for the Texans because when it became, when he became available, when it was like, all right, I'm going to turn the page here. I'm going to look at other head coaching opportunities. The Texans were the ones that he ultimately gravitated towards. And uh, he's a legend of the franchise as well. He was drafted by the Texans, but we're going to get into all of that. I do want to start at the very top though. I want to have a little discussion about Nick Casario. Casario is their general manager, 47 years old. He's going into his third year as the GM for the Texans. This is now back-to-back seasons in his first two seasons as general manager in which he has fired a head coach after one year. Texans are just 7-26-1 under Casario. And it feels like that seat's pretty damn hot, man. D'Amico Ryan's got a six-year deal as the head coach there, but there is not nearly that much confidence that Casario is going to be the guy for the entire Ryan's tenure, um, however long he is there. And it just feels like this is a massive make-or-break year for Casario. So my, my first question to you is just, what are your thoughts overall about where we are? Maybe that power dynamic of a brand-new head coach, a fan favorite, a franchise head coach, coming in with a general manager who might be on his last leg or at least has to really show improvement this year if he's not going to be out the door a year from now. He does, Trevor. And to be fair to Nick Casario, and and I think he's had his struggles, but, and you, you know, when you take a job, I think you understand a lot of things that come with it. So Casario was named the GM of the Texans in January of 2021. So we are now officially two full years in of the Nick Casario era. That means he's had two drafts to turn things around, two free agencies, Obviously, dealing with the Deshaun Watson situation as well was uh, an obstacle that makes things pretty difficult. And now, hopefully, with the picks they have and cap flexibility they have, it'll make Mm -hmm. his job a little bit easier. In a sense, this is a guy that was in New England for 20 seasons. So tons of experience working with Bill Belichick and that franchise and a lot of winning during that time. I think with Casario, what you like, in a sense, is that you can kind of see i think at least you can see his strategy outside of quarterback so far you can see how he's trying to build this roster they took a swing for a guy like stingley that's a very new england situation where they want a premium blue chip player at corner that can open up the rest of their defense Uh, i thought it was an up and down rookie season for stingley but there's still so much talent packed in there and demico ryan should yeah, I think he'll be fine as well. And it's always health with Stingley. If he's healthy, I think he'll be completely fine. I think he has tried different things with limited resources um, in the trenches. They took Kenyon Green in the first round last year. Another guy that had an up and down rookie season, but somebody that you'd like to see take big strides because he's on an offensive line that has good players. Laramie Tunzel's one of the better tackles in football. I'm glad that they didn't just trade Laramie Tunzel for the sake of trading Laramie Tunzel. We've talked about it before, Trevor. Titus Howard took the right strides this year. So now you can start to see a blueprint on the offensive line where you're trying to fill in holes to make that a really good unit. I think where he struggled is, and with the situation with John Mechie is wildly unfortunate and sad that, you know, mm-hmm. obviously being diagnosed with cancer, that he couldn't make a rookie impact. But they don't have a ton of skill talent. Damian Pierce was a really, really nice find. Huge hit. Bre- huge hit. Um, you know, at tight ends, even a guy like Brevin Jordan, like they, they, they're, they have some fines here and Nico Collins has been up and down, but they don't have a guy in this offense at skill town. I think that's something 
that they're going to need to get for the young quarterback that's eventually in there as well. And then I think with D'Amico Ryans, you just feel like this defense is going to is going to kind of fix itself. He's going to bring in some guys. We'll get into free agency. He knows how to draft. He's a great scheme. He's a great coach. So I don't really worry about that. I think what Nick Casario has to hone in on in these next two years is finding a way to make this offense more explosive because that's something yeah. the Texans have just been uh, utterly horrific at in his two years here. Yeah, so and, and, and it's going to start with quarterback, right? We we assume that the number two overall pick is going to be a quarterback selection. You know, there was some talk about what Davis Mills could potentially be for him. I know that it wasn't just uh, out of nowhere that this team was like, hey, like, let's give Davis Mills a shot. Like, I, I think it was a legit shot for Davis Mills. It wasn't that, yeah. hey, we've got nobody else, so we're just going to tell the media that we think this could be the guy. I, I really do believe that they had some faith in in Mills that he could figure it out. But, you know, with him not really being able to up the consistency, still having the turnovers, just not being that dynamic of a quarterback weapon, it's a clear sign to move on, especially when you have the number two overall pick in a decent quarterback class at the top. I think they're going to take a swing at one of those guys. We'll get into the needs a little bit later in the episode. But, you know, as I look at Casario's draft history here, it's tough, you know. He takes over in 2021 doesn't have a first round pick. His first selection is the Davis Mills selection. Didn't, didn't have a second rounder, buddy. Didn't right. Didn't have a second rounder either. I should yeah. I should have said that as well. Yeah. No, I didn't. But you know, this 2021 draft is Davis Mills. It's Nico Collins, both in the third round, and then you got two fifth round picks: yeah. Revan Jordan, Garrett Wallow, and then of course the goat Roy Lopez in the sixth the round. What an incredible find from that's Nick a good Carrier. find. Nice role player. No, it is a good find. No, all jokes aside, like that is a that, yeah. that is a good find. But it kind of comes down to what did you, you can't really expect anything in that draft class. What do you no. want at that point? Right. And, and of course the Deshaun Watson situation as well with him holding out. And then obviously the sexual assault things where he, he never even plays again for the Houston Texans. And with Deshaun Watson going out, he finds the right buyer to give him multiple picks for Watson Last year was really his first draft in which I think that you could you could judge him. And he goes with a blue chip player, a guy that I really liked, my number one overall player last year in Derek Stingley. I'm not trying to be biased, but I like the selection at three, and I think that he's going to be totally fine. He's an incredibly talented player. Kenny Green, up and down year, but that's okay. I kind of figured that that would be the case. Jalen Petrie, high highs, low lows. A lot of missed yeah. tackles last year, but he still played well. I still think he could be a good football player. The only top 60 offensive selection that he's had in the past two years was John Mechie in the second round last year. And obviously John Mechie, you just went over it. He didn't play outside of that. It's it, it's Nico Collins at 89. It's Damian Pierce at 107. I mean, you're not going to what like the world on fire offensively with guys like that. So it's hard to no. It's really hard to even expect much. Now I think the, the area for concern is the back-to-back head coaching firings after one season. You know, you hire Lovey Smith last year, and, and moving on from Cully, okay, that, that's that's fine. You, you, maybe they, they always knew that that was going to be the case. But then you hire Lovey Smith, <sighs> clearly as a scapegoat, right? I, I mean, it was just clearly a scapegoat hire. The team overachieved. They didn't end up picking number one. Seriously. <laughs> no, I mean, Look that's, the roster. that's true. It's true. It's true. But maybe it all worked out for them with D'Amico Ryans. Like maybe yeah. it just it just all happened to fall in their lap and the timing worked out exactly the way they wanted. Now I'll tell you this. If they would have gotten the number one overall pick 
and you would tell me that this team's getting Bryce Young out of this upcoming 2023 NFL draft class, then I would have told you that the entire process worked. They, they tanked enough to get Bryce the best quarterback in this class. They got their head coach into Miko Ryans. So maybe that timing is there, but it's just a little uneasy when you look at it back-to-back head coaching firings. It, it's tough to sell as a stable GM with a stable environment. So um, I, I do think that that's, that's a little bit of cause con- for concern, but, per- but perhaps they don't even pay a price for it. Because if, if they would have paid a price, you would have felt like it would have been in D'Amico Ryan's telling them no, right? I don't trust you. I don't trust the direction of where this is going. But he didn't. He signed on. They got their guy. So maybe it's not even going to matter in the long run. Maybe not. I think for the Texans, my two things I would write down for Nick Casario would be you need to get tougher in the front seven, a lot tougher in the front seven. You need to be a more competitive football team in the front seven. It can't just be Jerry Hughes is your only pass rusher, and you need to be so much better against the run. And if you think D'Amico Ryans is coming in there and is tolerating a team that is one of the worst run defenses football, I got news for you. That's not going to happen. No. The second thing would be team speed on offense, right? They just need to be a faster team on the offensive side of the football. They need to find a way to get more explosive plays. Obviously, the quarterback has a huge hand in that as well. But once again, they still need more talent at wide receiver. They do need a starting tight end in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think you need a second running back to pair with Damian Pierce because that's the league these days. I'm not saying draft one in the first three rounds, but maybe get a lightning to Damian Pierce's thunder. So they have plenty of work to do. I think they got the right guy at head coach. And now, Trevor, we can kind of transition to him and talk about what D'Amico Ryans might be thinking when he gets his hands on this roster. Yep, yep. I definitely want to do that. I've got a quote from Casario himself just to kind of wrap up that. I believe this is a couple of weeks ago after the season ended. The quote is, I have a responsibility and I understand. Let's be real. Let's be honest. The clock is ticking. That's what Casario said himself. Time is short, but that's okay. We work in a high-pressure environment. Expectations are high, and it's all about performance. If I don't do my job well enough, and quite frankly, some probably think that I haven't done my job well enough at this point, that is more than fair. So he realizes it. He gets it. This is not somebody who is going to sit back and say, Whoa, 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 everybody calm down. The process working exactly the way that it's supposed to. I think he realizes the timing of it. I think he realizes that if this team does not take significant strides in the right direction, um, he's going to be out the door. And he obviously hit a home run in the head coaching hire of D'Amico Ryans, a first-year head coach, a little background information for D'Amico before we kind of get into our thoughts on him and, and how he might build out this team here. First-time head coach. And in fact, he's only been coaching since 2017. You know, he's only been coaching for five seasons now, which is incredible. The fact that he has vaulted himself into the head coach position. I think that really speaks to his character and how football smart he is. Just 38 years old. If you go back to his playing days, he's a former linebacker, chose uh, Alabama uh, because he's from Alabama, ended up winning defensive player of the year in the SEC uh, during his senior season. But also I, I read these notes from him that just go to his leadership and his character. So during Hurricane Katrina, Ryan's donated all of his per diem even then uh, as somebody who wanted to care about those around him. Uh, He won the Lot Impact Trophy, the only award in college football where uh, the character of somebody is weighed alongside the field performance. So just a total package of a human being of an award that you give to a fantastic college football player. He's got his degree in management, uh, graduated early from Alabama as well, ended up being a second round pick to 
the Houston Texans, where he played from 2006 to 2011, ended up getting traded to the Philadelphia Eagles and what the Philadelphia Eagles also had to say about him when they went after him, when they acquired him, just unbelievable praise. And uh, Kyle Shanahan, now his former head coach, had this to say about him. And it was, and this is an incredible quote, I think. D'Amico is so naturally talented. He's good at everything he has ever done, and he really understands football. He did as a player. He did as a quality control coach his first year. He did as a linebackers coach after that, and he has as a coordinator. He was so good right away. But anytime you have somebody who does those types of abilities, the more reps they get, like everybody, they only get better as they go on. So he, he that was his progression. Started off as a defensive quality control coach in 2017, moved up to the linebackers coach, eventually took over as a defensive coordinator when Robert Sala left. Robert Sala was his defensive coordinator the entire time that he was there until he took the reins, or I should say the headset uh, from Sala when he left for the New York Jets. He ended up interviewing with the Minnesota Vikings last head coaching cycle, but I, I don't know if it was just, you know, who knows exactly what it was that, that swayed him back to San Francisco. But I can tell you, having the defensive stars that he did, the players on the defense that he did, um, certainly went into him wanting to go back to San Francisco and coach that group up again for another year. And we saw the results this year. One of the best, if not the best defense in the NFL. So that is D'Amico Ryans. Connor, what do you think about him, his background, everything as he approaches this job here with the Texans? Really a, a guy to be excited about. And you just don't always say that with head coaching hires. They feel kind of like there's a lot of variance with them, especially for the average fan that just doesn't know. And that's okay to not know. But everybody I've talked to that's been around D'Amico Ryans, I talked to a couple people that were working for the Texans when he played there. They said it's just like having literally another coach on the roster for the team. It, one of the best leaders they had ever been around. And then you look at, his road to being a coach after being such a good player and an impressive person. It's kind of funny. You brought up Sala who he took over for with the 49ers. Sala wasn't the assistant linebackers coach when D'Amico was playing for the Texans. So they've had a long road together. Love that. I think that gives you even more hope when you look at what D'Amico did with the Niners defense after Sala left, what Sala did in year two with the Jets defense when he came in there and they had nothing on that roster. It kind of, gives you even more confidence that by year two of the Texans defense, I think it's going to be a top 10 unit in football, just because that's what these guys do. They are advanced in terms of their scheme, their teaching, their assessment and evaluating of talent and their leadership. And D'Amico is really next up in line of that. So I'm a fan of him uh, for what he stands for and, and the kind of coach he is and what he implements and, you know, kind of brings me to what the Niners were as a team this year. You just look at coverages they have fully embraced that we run everything kind of mold, right? Yes, predominantly the coverage they live in the most is cover three that they played 38.6% of the time, uh, which is pretty high metric in terms of the league right now. A lot of teams have gotten away from cover three as offenses mm -hmm. have been able to exploit that. But 16.8% quarters, over 15% in cover one, they'll line up and play man. They'll sprinkle in zero, but not really much. And then 13.4% cover two, and even around 7% cover six. And why I'm saying this is because he's somebody that will throw the house at you. He will try to keep the quarterback on his toes. He expects a lot of his defensive backs. And most importantly, with that amount of coverages, the most important thing with the scheme always is the front four getting home, impacting the quarterback where he doesn't have time to dissect what's in front of him because of how many times 
uh, what he's seeing on the back end is changing. So I think D'Amico has huge expectations of everybody on his defense mentally, and team speed is so important as well. It's something that's always been important for the Niners during this Kyle Shanahan era, but I think it's definitely something to keep in mind as we head into free agency and the draft, the kind of players he's going to be looking for, and of course, Trevor, the kind of players that maybe will be amplified or or get a bump uh, from his scheme and teaching and, and Derek Stingley and Jalen Petrie have to be, I think the two guys that we have our eyes on in that mold. Yeah. Look, we don't, we don't have to, we don't have to sugarcoat his success with the San Francisco 49ers. They got damn good players, right? You know, yeah, it's easier yeah, to be a helps. good coordinator when you got really good players to work Defensive with. Right? Player of the year. Nick Bosa. Right. He's, he's, he's got it. one of the best defensive players in the NFL in Nick Bosa. He also has one of the best defensive players in the NFL in Fred Warner, who is just an unbelievable linebacker chess piece. The fact that Warner got to work with a guy like D'Amico Ryans, who had played that position at such a high level with such yep. high intelligence, those two getting to work together. It was a match made in heaven. I think you saw a lot of the success this past year. Talanova Hufanga has been an unbelievable player for them as a versatile guy, especially over the middle of the field, what he's been able to do as an enforcer, as a coverage player, as a free roaming guy. Um, you know, they had Traverius Ward on the outside, who I think was really able to help them out. Jimmy Ward, when he was healthy and out there to play in the nickel. So, there were so many different players that that went into this, but the more that I kind of was reading about D'Amico Ryans and um, the scheme that San Francisco plays and how he might be structuring and emphasizing some of the additions to his defense moving forward, it does still feel like that Bill Belichick old school build the defense from the inside out. Like yep. from the linebackers and the interior defensive linemen, the, the strong safeties over the middle, and then you are building it out from there. You are solidifying the middle. And then that's not to say that like they're not going to prioritize corner or, or like edge rusher over an interior defensive lineman if it if it doesn't make sense. But you look at this linebacker group for the San Francisco 49ers. Everybody loves to point to Fred Warner, but it wasn't just Fred Warner. Dre Greenlaw was also unbelievable. Uh, Aziz Alshier was was probably the best LB3 in the NFL, right? It felt like Greenlaw was the best LB2. Uh, it felt like Aziz, um, Aziz Alshier was the best LB3. So it, it, it just felt like they, across the board, had the best linebacker unit in the NFL. When you look at the Texans, they have Christian Kirk. They have Christian Kirksey, who is about to enter the second year of a 10-year deal, but he's going to be 30 years old. They can cut him and actually save $5 million in the cap. They drafted Christian Harris last year. That's about it. I mean, they got Jalen Reeves maybe on, maybe on the team. Blake Cashman's on the team. But, man, if there was an elite linebacker, like an off-ball linebacker to be had in this draft, I genuinely think they'd be drafted 1-12. And I think that over the next two years, D'Amico Ryan's, one of his main plans is I have to find my centerpiece. I have to find my defensive centerpiece. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, a name for next year, maybe a Jeremiah Trotter Jr., right? Somebody that get the, from Clemson who looks like he could be a first round pick the way that he's been playing this past season. But whoever it's going to be, I think that that's going to be a main emphasis of his. Now, when it comes to safety play, uh, okay, so Petrie played. Where is this? 25 snaps as a strong safety. Uh, no, he played more than that. He played he played about 140 snaps as a strong safety. He played 95 as a slot corner. He played, oh man, 81 as a linebacker? No, 120 as a linebacker. 
They even had a line of his edge, 72. They just do it all over the place. Okay, maybe Petrie is going to be his talent over Hufanga. Maybe he's going to take Jalen Petrie and yeah, say, you hey, you be that kind of roaming player. Now, they're built differently. Like I'm not saying this is like a, a one-for-one player comp, but I'm just trying to think of like roster composition, positions that I feel like they're going to prioritize moving forward. And I think linebacker's one of them. I think finding that strong safety that can be this roaming player, whether it's Petrie or not, and then, of course, you gotta you gotta figure things out on the defensive line, um, and I think they got good corners as well. But uh, that, that's just my thoughts overall with how I could see him building that team, given the success that he's had in San Francisco. But what do you think? Well, I think number one, they got to get guys that can rush the passer and at least be competitive against the run. And when it comes down to it, this, is a team that did not have a double digit sack player last year, thirty four year old Jerry Hughes led the team with nine sacks. After that, it was just kind of this Motley Crew. Uh, Vokoronkwo having five, Rasheem Green having three and a half, Malik Collins having three and a half, and then Mm -hmm. Kirksey and Cashman each had three. So they are getting no pass rush production at all. And you're looking at D'Amico coming over, and guess what? He can't bring Nick Bosa with him, right? So that's that kind of hurts everything. But you know who is a free agent, Trevor, that's kind of interesting to me, is Samson Ebicom from the 49ers. And is he your number one pass rusher or anything like that. No, but you need pieces right now. You just need guys that can play. I mean, Ebukam's coming off a season where he had 35 hurries, uh, nine quarterback hits, and and six sacks, the way PFF measures pressures and sack production. So maybe Ebukam's a guy that, you know, before he turns 28, he ends up coming over with D'Amico. They have a couple interesting free agents in San Francisco that you wonder if D'Amico is going to be that kind of guy. Do I bring over an Emmanuel Mosley um there's just a couple different carry hider like does he does he look at guys like that jimmy ward as you say they need a safety next to petrie we think or do they just explore the external market which we're going to get to here in just a minute so i think this is a team that i think they got to pay at least two guys for the front seven and free agency and then you wonder you brought up linebacker kind of got my wheels spinning a guy we didn't get to talk about in in mock draft monday Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know if he'd be in play at 12. Maybe. I mean, we didn't do linebackers yet, so I'm not going to act like I could speak, you know, length to length yet on this player. And we will. But it's Drew Sanders from Arkansas, the guy that, tra- you know, he transferred from Alabama, goes to Arkansas, explodes, former five star. I believe he was the top player coming out of high school football in Texas in his recruiting year. Is Drew Sanders going to be a guy that's in play for Houston with what you're saying, Trevor, how much they value a talent in the middle of the field? Sanders is a guy that can actually give you a little bit of that pass rush having nine and a half sacks last year, but it's going to play off the ball um, more often than not. So it it just has me wondering what is D'Amico coming in and looking at and saying, well, we got to be better here and we got to be better here. And and that's not negotiable. It's we can't wait two years from now and hope something figures it out for us to be competitive right away. I need a guy in this spot. And I do think the middle of the field at linebacker really comes into play because I think you can fill out your defensive line depth by not giving out those tier one contracts in free agency. And the Texans are in a flexible spot. They have, I think, over $25 million in active cap space. So they have room to clear out more. They can get involved in the free agent market to help their defense. Uh, And I think most importantly, Trevor, something that a lot of people probably won't discuss because they don't think of free agency like this. D'Amico is somebody that is a great motivator and, and guy that guys will go to play for. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, when guys are signing free agents and they're moving their family and they're committing to a place for maybe three to four years, depending on the guaranteed money. I mean, it's unfortunate, but they probably looked at David Cully and said, I don't know how long he's going to be there. I, the Lovey Smith sure. situation, 
that's a little different. I don't think a lot of people were expecting him to be a one and done, and mm-hmm. we're not going to go down that road again. But with D'Amico there, six-year contract, stability, excellent scheme, excellent teacher. This is a football team, at least on the defensive side of the ball, and we'll see a quarterback plan. They're going to be able to recruit free agents on defense. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's we'll dig into that free agent conversation because it's a natural transition into it. But before we get there, I do need to talk to the good people about our friends over at DraftKings. You guys ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? It's coming up this weekend. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action that you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on Super Bowl 57's excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Check out DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern. Okay, so a different time. You got to change the time a little bit to see what prop bets will be boosted for that day. DraftKings is a lot of fun since it became legal in Ohio. I've been uh, I've been a frequent of DraftKings and they like I said I've I've won a I've won a decent amount of change here which I'm going to be putting you on some Super Bowl now. bets as well. Yeah, of course. Um sunglasses only next podcast. Can I can I just can't I can't, I can't let you guys see the eyes anymore. Can't be doing it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code PFF. New customers can bet just $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code PFF. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. I, you mentioned, you, you talked about free agency. Uh, according to Over the Cap, I think that the Texans have 37.1 mil in cap space. Uh, and then there's which, the, the active space that, cuts out the drafts money needed right because they're gonna need a lot of money for their draft picks that's a good point that's a good point they have all those they have what five picks in the first three rounds two in the top 12 that people forget those are not those are not one million dollar a year contracts they do take up plenty of cap space they got 12 draft picks yeah so they they need a lot of money set aside for four six round picks you need to be, they're moving on from those. They're not making 12 picks. You can't be making 12 picks. You got to so. either move up the draft or move into next year. You got to do They still something. have so, a lot of money to work with. They're not they going to be making 12. But yeah, they do. They they have a lot of money to work with. Um, I'm looking at PFF's free agent report list, top 100 free agents available. I'm doing and I, the same thing. It's and I search, it for, I, I search it for edge rushers. You're right. Um, Ebicom kind of kind of does make sense. I'm looking at the rest of the edge rushers and it's not as robust it's, as I thought it was going to be. It's bad. Marcus Davenport's here. So if you believe in Marcus Davenport, okay. Um, healthy, or when, when he's healthy, he's good, but hasn't played more than 600 snaps in a single season. Um, Jadavian Clowney, they're not They're not going to bring Jadavian Clowney back. That's Charles not happening. And, Charles Amenihu, so, who they traded to San Francisco. Maybe they traded him to San Francisco because D'Amico Ryan's believed in him more. And maybe he's more interested, but I think that if they're going to bring in a San Francisco guy, it's probably Ebicom. Arden Key, okay. Coached by D'Amico two years ago. What? Oh, yeah, he was. It was his there, first year in Jacksonville. He, there you he go. Had his, Arden Key had his breakout season under D'Amico in San Francisco. Okay. Uh, Okoronko is on here from the Texans, so they got a, he's, he's an unrestricted free agent. Yannick Ngakwe. He'd be more of their... Um, Raining Graham. Well, this is kind of dating myself, but I, he'd be more NASCAR package for them, even though he played a full complement of snaps the last two years. Who? Which it, one? Who would? Ngakwe. That wouldn't be oh, a guy okay. that would play in their base defense, in my opinion. Melvin Ingram, so. Justin Houston. This is this is not. No, this getting, is not a group that. No, we're getting we're we're getting down the list now. We're getting down the list here. I I would bring Abukam with me. Okay, if I was him or Arden Key. I. I don't know. Arden Key would be a good one. 
Arden Key's a really good one. They obviously let him walk to Jacksonville. Jacksonville didn't pay him that much, and they still let him walk. So I don't I don't know. Um, I think he's the better player than Ebukam, but I think Ebukam has been very solid. They're both young. He's 26, about going to turn 27. Ebukam's going to turn 28. That's fine. You know, not, these guys aren't getting crazy contracts. Man, you know, there's two linebackers hitting free agency that I think could definitely okay. be Houston Texans. David Long's one of them. Oh, David, David yes. Long had a, had a great year for the Tennessee Titans. The other one, and this pains me deeply, Connor. Okay. Deeply. It's Levante David. If the Bucks mm. are in a position where they're just hitting total rebuild on the franchise now that Tom Brady's not coming back, are they going to give Levante David legacy money just to not watch him play on another team? Because no. Levante's probably only got one maybe two more contracts left in the tank he's playing very he's very well great. but linebacker yeah it's just such a physical position it's just going to start to drop off so are the bucks going to give him that legacy contract to make sure that he started his career and ends his career in tampa bay if they don't you could at least get one really good year out of out of levante david next year if you're Demico ryan's so Unless those the levante ring chases that would be the only thing i could think of yeah yeah you ain't going you ain't going hey, listen texans fans the arrow is pointing up and things are looking good but you're not getting ring chasing players just yet no that's true that's true you're correct but hey but those are the two those are the, th- those are the only two that i feel like are high impact linebackers that could um tempt them because when you look what at if the they needs- gave the bag to tremaine Edmonds. i guess but he had his best year in 2022 the bills are not in the greatest cap spot i think they'll figure it out with him yeah i mean he definitely took a step up this year tremaine did i'm looking i'm looking at his stats and his numbers now yeah remember he came into the league he was 20 oh i mean tremaine edmonds is still 19 years old dude i mean it really feels that way brother he's in range to date leonardo dicaprio still which is crazy god what a hit oh (laughs) man hey Judgment free zone. Of course. No, no, no. It's fine. No, look. He can do what you know, do what he wants. I'm saying he could he could date Jermaine Nemitz. That was that was that was a yeah, statement about Jermaine Nemitz. He has what, not what, turned 25 it, yet. It was not a it was not a statement. No. Not. Wait, how All old right. is, how old how old is he actually? Uh he will turn 25 this offseason. He's legitimately not 25 yet? No. No. Man, I thought I was joking. No, dude. I'm not. It's actually a better statement than I thought it was. That's a better zinger than I thought. Yes, it hit. I said uh, okay. So I mean, he's on. I think he's probably on the list too. Um, when you look at the Texans' needs, quarterbacks number one, but uh, they're not hitting a veteran in the quarterback market. Like even Aaron Rodgers is the very top. He's not coming to Houston. It's, it's not happening. You're drafting a quarterback. I think Edge Rusher is the second greatest need. You 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 hit on that hard. Wide receiver, I think, is third. And the reason why I think it's third is because you got to get out of the Brandon Cooks deal. Okay. Brandon Cooks is how old is Brandon Cooks now? He's got to be thirty now. I least. think he's thirty. I think he's thirty. He's he twenty nine. He turns thirty, I think, this off season. So, oh no, he turns thirty September of next year. Okay, so like Brandon Cooks has been in the NFL for fourteen years. Brandon Cooks and been on thirty five different teams and played in a couple different Super Bowls. And he's twenty nine. Right. He keeps getting traded for first round picks. So, look, they, the thing is, is Brandon Cooks about- a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> or a pyramid scheme. He's a pyramid scheme. 
Uh, both could be both like you get brandon cooks but then you're gonna convince somebody else to get brandon cooks and we keep getting first round picks (laughs) who's that yeah yeah if you sell this contract then you get some of it but then i get a little bit of it because i hired you and then the guys under you you can get some of their commission that's how brandon cooks is uh brandon cooks's cap hit last year was 9.7 million dollars okay not bad it's pretty good Good wide receiver. His cap at this year is $26 million. His cap at next year is $24.6 million. The issue is, the way the the contract is structured, they cannot cut this man. Now, he wanted to be traded at the deadline. He does not want to be in Houston anymore. Well, I guess I can't say for this very moment, but I have to imagine that he probably doesn't want to be in Houston anymore, even with Miko Ryans being there. I got to think that he probably still wants to be gone. He wants to go to a contender. Like you said, he's about to be 30 years old. If they cut him, it is $34 million in dead cap. That's not and happening. In, and in fact, $7 million of that, it just becomes a negative cap saving. So they don't save anything if they cut him. It hurts the cup, Brandon Cooks. If they trade him, let's say pre-June 1st, you know, for draft assets, then it's only $16 million dead cap. And when you see these 26 mil on the cap it means you're saving 10 million dollars if you could trade them for your draft assets if you trade them after june 1st if you can finagle your way into doing that it's only 8 mil in dead cap and you're saving 18 mil on the cap. so he's a post june 1 trade guy you would think but if you want to deal him for draft assets you're probably going to bite the bullet right and you're just going to go get draft assets in this year's draft yeah you could you could if I was D'Amico, I would not want to do that because I have you already got, six years six years of job security. If I'm Nick Casario, a little different. Hold on. Texans future picks. What do they got next year? Uh, next year they Cleveland's have... Cleveland's one again. They have Cleveland's one again. You could trade Brandon Cooks for a second-round pick, and then you have a one, a one, a two, a two, a three, Ooh. a four, a four, a five. Yeah, I think that you should do that. Trade him after June mm-hmm. for next year's second-round pick. That's only. Like a contender. And then you save eighteen million on the cap, and you get an extra second round pick. You already got twelve draft picks this year, so you can't even you can't even sign all those guys, anyways. So now you have to get a wide receiver. Yeah, and wide receiver and free agency isn't good. It's not good, and it's not really that good in the draft. But you don't have to like you don't have to like don't panic, right? Casario might feel like he needs to make some moves, but who are you going to get a wide receiver? Who's out there? Who do we got? They're not getting DeAndre Hopkins. They're not getting DeAndre Hopkins. I can eliminate with someone. Uh, Jacoby Myers is our top free agent wide receiver. You know what? I don't hate that fit if they drafted Bryce Young. Get a really good possession guy. Yeah, backup quarterback. No, okay. I don't hate Jacoby Myers. Next, next on the list is Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, next on the list is Odell Beckham Jr., He's not going to sign with Houston. No, and they should not sign him. Next one's Michael Thomas. Stop. He's little, been a headache. Little one year can't deal. Do that. Little one year no. deal. Little one year deal action. DJ no. Chark, Alan Lazard, Paris. I like Char- I like Chark's no. speed in this offense. I think you I need know. somebody that threatens down the field to open up the run game. If you take Brandon Cooks off of this team, you've got John Mechie, 
Amari Rogers, Nico Collins. You I have mean, three. Like, you have three receivers under contract. Phil that, sounds, free, that sounds Phil like Dorsett. 2025, like XFL, not counting Mechie. Phil, Phil Dorsett's a free agent. Chris Moore's a free agent. Yeah, you need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you can trade Cooks because you also need your rookie quarterback to have somebody to throw the football to. No, you got to trade Cooks. You got to trade Cooks. Sign two of these guys. Sign Jacoby okay. Myers and G- DJ Chark. And then you got those two. Plus John Mechie coming back. You're probably gonna we're probably gonna draft at least one receiver in this little mini mock draft we're gonna do. Sure. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Day two. And then if you okay. really want to go in all in on a superstar, let's see. 2024 free agents. Let's do it. Let's let's create the plan. They're not getting T. Higgins, so don't even don't even do it. By the way, all right, T. Higgins. No, they're not getting T. Higgins. I don't think T. Higgins is going anywhere. No, let's see. What a s- stupid thing that was. Wide receivers that are up in twenty twenty four. Mike Evans. No. No. Yeah, Jerry, they should trade for Mike Evans. That's Jerry good. Judy, C. D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Tyler Boyd, Curtis Samuel, Corey Davis. I'm not done. Calvin Justin Ridley, Jefferson's not Michael gonna be a free Pittman agent. Jr. CeeDee Lamb's not going to be a free agent. Michael Pittman Jr. T. Higgins. Not going to be a free agent. Not going to be a free agent. Chase Claypool. Oh, yeah. Gabe Davis. Great plan. Okay. Darnell Mooney. Okay. Quez Watkins, fast this Batman. Is, this is all 24? Yeah. Wow. I mean, a lot of these guys aren't hitting the market. Because they, they, they go away. They get extended in-house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. All right, okay. so so Tyler Boyd, you are Houston Texan. Tyler Boyd and uh, Corey Davis. <laughs> no, come on, don't do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But in all seriousness, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, you are Houston <laughs> Texan. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that they're going to... I think they're going to spend on the defense. And, and maybe you go get an Alan Lazard or Jacoby Myers. Mm-hmm. To give your guy some, you know, a short area kind of player, especially Myers. Alan Lazard's one of the best run blockers in football, so that's an upside. Uh, there's a benefit there. Myers, one of the better possession targets in football, so that's your thought there. But where I'm really excited for this team is the draft, Trevor, mm-hmm. because they have premium capital for the next two years. They do. They're despite this getting the reputation of a bad draft class, the Texans can walk away with a lot of good players in this draft class, especially seated with the number two and number 12 overall picks. And this is going to be how they turn it around. They can plug a couple holes, you know, with the Nebukam and Jacoby Myers and, and players like that, and that make you a better roster and a more competitive football team. But the core of your team that gets you stars and playoff contention is how you draft. And that's ultimately what's going to decide the fate of of this of this regime. All right, let's do it. Uh, I don't know if you wrote a full mock down. I did. I don't know if we were going to have two mocks. We were going to bring to the table, or if we were going to collab here, or what? How you wanted to do it? I was going to run the simulator to kind of see who I can't pick. Okay. All right. I'll do the same. But I will. I will gladly flow with um, 
You can I'll lie do... and just use your picks. It's okay. No, 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 no. I'll do the I'll do the same here. Hold well, on. let me ask you the most important thing. Yeah. Are they making the trade with Chicago to get up to number one? Let's say no. Let's Are we split. saying somebody did trade up and take Bryce Young? Yes. Okay. I like well, that. Because we've so, done it the other way already. So let's do it this way. Yeah. So I, I mean, the mock that I wrote down is Bryce Young slash CJ Stroud. Just pick yeah. one of them. It doesn't matter. Same. You're, you're, you're I, picking... I do think they will consider Levis, but I agree with you. Yeah. So we'll go. Let's just go CJ Stroud at two. Okay. I'm cool okay. with that. Um, Now we're on the clock at 12. Now they're at 12. I think it should be the next best offensive lineman. Either I have Skaronsky Pe- on the board. Either Peter Skaronsky or Paris Johnson Jr. I have Skaronsky on the board. So in my scenario, the Falcons took Paris Johnson Jr. at eight. Mm-hmm. I still think the Titans would have taken him in front of them. So we probably go Skaronsky here. Yeah. I would this line, just this line's just, to look really good. Just because I, I understand that I said that edge rusher the, the way that I had the Texans knees lined up is quarterback number one, edge rusher number two, wide receiver number three. And then I didn't get to mention this, but interior offensive line I have as number four. You can draft Peter Skaronsky and play him at guard or shoot center, whatever. Probably not you're probably not playing your number 12 overall pick at center, but you could draft Peter Skaronsky at 12 and know that if Titus Howard doesn't work out the way you want it to, let's say if Titus Howard even struggles early on in the season, you could flip those guys. You can put Howard in the middle. You can put Howard on the guard spot, and you can put yep. Peter Skaronsky on the outside, and you already know that he's got good tape out there. So to me, then you're really solid if, if Kenny Green takes that next step with a really dang good offensive line. So I would go O-line here. That's what I would do. Do you agree? I do. It's, I think it's something we agreed on in the mock draft as well. Okay. All right. So we're going Skaronsky at 12. Now we're up again at 33 at the top of the second round. All right. So there's two players available right now that I have my eye on in this okay. pick. Okay. It is Trenton Simpson from Clemson, uh, the Clemson linebacker. Okay. And Drew Sanders, the Arkansas linebacker. I don't, uh, do I have Sanders? I don't have, I don't He's have 40th on the, on the simulator board. I, I do have, I do have Drew Sanders here. I have, what Sanders. do you think? Does that intrigue you? It does intrigue me. There are two players who are a little bit higher on the board. Okay. In either BJ Ojolari or Will McDonald that I thought. Oh, I'm very intrigued by Ojolari. I okay. had Ojolari as. I think he's gone. Yeah, he went already in mine. So uh, let's, let's always, we'll play best ball here, right? Okay. Like golf version. Whoever has the best scenario on the table, we will go with. So we okay. will pretend that Ojolari does exist despite him being gone in my simulator. Okay, so, all right, now we're doing a little, like, two, maybe we can, like, diverge and have, like, two different mocks here. I'll go Ojolari, you okay. go Sanders, and okay. then let's see kind of how it progresses after this. So that was yes. pick number 33. Now their next selection is 65. Yeah, 65, front of the third round. All right, okay. Let's see, who do we got here? Oh, I, I know, I'm running my card in. Oh, really? Like who, running. I, I took my card and I am I am the Forrest Gump. Get who do you me. have? Keanu Benton at 65. Oh, uh, yeah. I have... There's somebody I have here that I won't, I would not do because it's not realistic. Deontay Banks is on my board. He's not going to be there. At yeah, 65. he's on mine too. He, 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 I don't think he'll make it here. No. Um, I do I, think I have Benton will be there or could be there. He, I think he could be there. I have Adetumiwa Adebwari 
here. So that was my number two guy mm. uh, who was also there for me. I also well. have, I have Rasheed Rice, but I don't, I'm not picking. I don't, I don't think yeah. I'm picking Rice over him. Um, ooh, Noah Sewell is here. No, okay. I, I think I, I think I'm going. I think I'm going out of Tamiwa Adabari. I'm curious for our linebacker show because I didn't watch Sewell this year. We did. Mm-hmm. We, obviously, you and I watched a ton of him this summer, mm-hmm. and it just feels like he fell off the face of the earth. I mean, he was he he was in round one of every mock preseason, and I don't ever see him anywhere. So I'm excited to do our linebacker show. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Connor just buried the lead right there. We're not doing wide receivers tomorrow. I know we said we were going to do wide receivers, but there's a reason why we're not going to do wide receivers. We can't tell you that reason either. Well, I think we can. Oh, we can. Yeah, but we'll do it at the end of the show. Okay, let's finish right. the mock. Draft. Okay, let's finish the mock. Um, Keanu Benton for me. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Adebore, the cool. Northwestern defensive. Team. I watched so, more of him when I got home from yeah. Mobile. Yeah, very impressed. Very impressed. Love to hear it. Was disappointed in myself that I didn't see enough of him uh, when we did that show. Uh, Texans at 73 now. So this is the final pick. He's still there for me, by the way. I cheated the system. Adabari is? I'm not going to take him. Yeah, Adabari is still here. Mm. You know who's here for me that I think I'm going to end up selecting? Who's that? Is uh, DeMarvion Overshone. I think I have him too. Yep. But you, so you, but you picked Sanders. I took Sanders already, so I don't, I don't go linebacker. I, I want to go Overshone here because he is just a really unique player. He's a taller, longer linebacker who could, was a converted safety, who's got a lot of speed. Man, I think that I, I think that, I think the Beagle Ryans could do a lot with Overshone. So I'm going to go Overshone here. Okay. I'm going to take him. I'm just backtracking our draft right now. Man, I'm, a, I'm pretty happy with this. I am to be too. With you. I like this. I need to check one thing. Oh, I think Keanu Ben was actually on the board for me, and I didn't pick him. Texans are lads. So I have a couple of really good players here. I like this draft. Yeah, the Texans are, I, I think, a ton of fun to draft for. I didn't get a wide receiver, but it's just like, I, what are you going to do? Who am I going to pick? Yeah, exactly. Do you think they are happy with Desmond King in the slot? Hmm. I don't know. I, I right. honestly like. I, I don't. These have are the nitty gritty things that are, are can be tough for. So uh, Texas, Texas fans, fans tell us. I know. Yeah. yeah. He after two really down years in our system, he had a solid coverage grade, like almost a seventy two. I don't. know. Once again, I personally don't use that as my end all be all by far. But interesting. So here's Trevor. I'll walk you through my process of why I asked. Mm-hmm. I was going to take at 73 Clark Phillips. And I don't know. Smaller corners, uh, you never maybe know. Maybe you will. I, I truly don't know. I it would was, say mm, <sighs> it kind of just depends what they want to do with Jalen Petrie. Because Petrie also plays slot. He does. He does. But he's like a like a flex safety. Like he can play free. He can I wouldn't play hate, strong. I, mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't hate He's a good player. He could. I think Clark can also survive on the outside in a pinch. I think so too. Um, ooh, this is tricky. So Clark Phillips. 
you're right. I don't like how this broke at wide receiver. At no. All. Yeah. This is a tough. It's not either. You're like drafting. Basically, if you're the Texans going through this exercise, you're either drafting a wide receiver at 34 or 35, whichever, wherever they're picking. Can't remember exactly where it was. Or you're like not drafting one at all. I have one player. And I, I actually think when all said and done, he might not be here at 73 because of the lack of speed in this wide receiver class. Tyler Scott from Cincinnati, he's going to fly in Indy. Oh, okay. I might go. I'm really torn between him and Clark Phillips. We, we I got to watch str- him. Str- he could fly, absolutely fly. And they do need team speed. I'm going to I'm gonna take Tyler Scott and assume that they're okay with their secondary right now. So this is, um, so we did it a little different. Mm-hmm. Wait for my, my simulator. And, but also pretty, we had the same thought process going in. It was just a matter of how the draft fell, which full transparency for everybody. Cause I, I've asked about this to people that, you know, are fortunate enough to actually do this for a living, not just on simulators. Dude, they run like millions of simulators leading up to draft now teams to try to yeah put percentiles on likely outcomes. It's just, yep. and they're, their hardware uh it's pretty powerful let me just say that so yeah. it's interesting and they have a lot of intel that goes into like the weight of exactly. players and picks that's, yeah that's why their software is you know it's powerful you mean you're right, telling so, me they're not just running the pff draft simulator it would be a lot cooler if they did i had Imagine. cj stroud at the top peter skronsky is my number 12 uh, that was the same for us. I went a little bit different than Connor did. I went BJ Ojolari in the top of the second round, then added to Miwa Adabuare, the interior defensive lineman from Northwestern, but a guy who could play inside and out, really. And then I did give him a linebacker. I went with Texas to Marvion Overshone, a very uniquely built linebacker prospect. So no wide receiver. Man, I didn't see that coming. Did not think that that was going to be the case, but I just didn't. I didn't love any of the receivers as I was getting beyond the first round. I had Stroud at number two overall with Bryce going number one. Skaronsky at 12. Where it got different for me is I took Drew Sanders at 33. Mm-hmm. Give them a off-ball linebacker that they will absolutely use to rush on passing downs. Keanu Benton gets some beef in the middle of this defense. This run defense was bad last year. And then Tyler Scott, the speedy wide receiver out of Cincinnati at 73. Really tough debate for me. I like Clark Phillips a ton in this draft, but I think the Texans will be fine in the secondary last year while speed was non-negotiable for me on offense had to happen had to have it there we go we did it buddy they're fixed we, we fixed the texans brandon cooks is out of there 17 and cj stroud is going to be throwing to jacoby myers and dj chark the first season but the defense is going to get better and then you just go over the offensive onslaught next next offseason next draft when the offense is better hopefully Maybe you know what's funny to me? Maybe draft when, like Kayshawn Boutte in like the fifth round. I have no idea where Kayshawn Boutte is going to be drafted. Absolutely no idea. No idea. No no idea. His, his character uh, or interview process will dictate that because everybody yeah. just wants to know what went wrong at LSU. Yeah, like, why happened? weren't you the Why weren't you the star that everyone thought you'd be? Right. And maybe they'll sure. have a great NFL career. We we open this show kind of with this whole you know oh they need to catch up to Jacksonville now and they do. Jacksonville is currently reigned supreme in this division. I was surprised to see from 2018 till January 1st of this year when mm-hmm. Jacksonville beat the Texans, mm-hmm. the Texans had a nine-game win streak over Jacksonville. What? Yeah. 
according to footballdb.com database, mm-hmm. Jacksonville from the beginning of 2018 all the way till January 1st of this year lost nine times in a row to the Texans. I mean, Jacksonville stinks. Let's be honest. But we look at the Texans the same way now. It's just crazy how know, one year can cloud your ever. You're right, though. The Jackson, in fact, were bad. <laughs> they stink. They stunk. Not for, in a for row a bad, though. Yeah, I wouldn't, have th- I wouldn't have thought that. I wouldn't have thought no. that. It's a much longer streak. What thought. would you guess? Let me let me uh, close out with a fun one. Uh-huh. So they they've played forty two times. Fun. What do you who? think the What do you think the series is at? Texans and Jags. Yeah. 42 oh. times. Oh, I bet it's like... I'll give you a hint. They've never tied. Okay. I mean, I, I bet it's... 28 and 14. Texans. No. No fucking way. No? You didn't look that up. It's 28 and 14. They are 28 and 14. Against Let's the go, Jaguars. baby. These that hands insane. were not on the computer. You guys know when they're on the computer. They weren't anywhere. Rewind the tape. I, I I there's no way you cheated. There's no way even your facial expression. I'm I'm very good at sensing liars. Uh-huh. You were very authentic and just like 2814. Wow. Yeah. The only the only cheating I did here was just being a high IQ football individual. That's it. You you literally replayed every matchup I did in, in my history. Head. I, I I said to myself, I was like, you are I, analytics. I was like, I want to say it's 30 and 12, but there's no way the number starts with a three. So I'll just go 28. And close. 28, 14. Wow. That is that. That was great. I enjoyed that. What a, what a great dub to go out on the podcast. with. That's just a massive dub. Texans are better. Trevor masterclass <laughs> on record predictions. All right. I have, we t- I have nothing left to say. Are we telling the people why we're doing linebackers tomorrow and not wide receivers? Yeah, take the floor. Okay. I think it's I think it's really exciting. I think some people, as always, will have a like, oh my god, reaction, but it's I think it's exciting. So fans of the pod, sex addicts out there, if you will. Yeah. We're getting our own channel. We are getting our own channel on YouTube. So we're breaking away from the main PFF channel and we're going to be starting our own channel on YouTube. Tell your friends. We want to tell you now at the beginning, at the end of this episode. And we're also going to tell you at the beginning of the linebacker episode on Thursday. Just please. I mean, we, I don't even say this from the viewership standpoint. I have loved so much reading all of y'all's comments and everything to all of these videos that has made this whole process so enjoyable for us it has been a blast getting to talk nfl draft with you guys like i said we're going to mention at the top of the linebacker episode as well so you guys can hear that um we weren't sure when it was going to take into effect or we probably should would have said it last episode on the mock draft episode but we are we are officially going to get our own channel we would love for you guys to subscribe and continue to watch it we know that the numbers are going to be a little bit down to start, but like if, if you're interacting with people, remind them the show didn't get canceled out of nowhere. Cause that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of people yeah. listening or going to the PFF channel, not seeing NFL stock exchange and not seeing anything there. Um, maybe I'll, maybe we'll be able to throw up a little like, Hey, actually go over here video. But I, I don't know if that's going to be able to happen. That'd be oh. a really good idea. Um, audio people. If you are listening, you are completely unaffected. Yeah. You're good. Do not panic. You're Stay good. subscribed to the pod feed. Yeah, literally nothing will change for you. But I mean, it, it always surprises me because as long as I've been podcasting, I've mostly just done audio feeds. And this show, this has only been around a year, mm-hmm. has a 
very impressive, loyal uh, YouTube audience. I know. So if you are a loyal watcher of the show, I know Mm -hmm. it's just gotten much more popular over the years. Some people I know put it on YouTube and just like having it on. They don't even have to watch. They just like the format of YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please go subscribe to our channel. And And I think if you're a huge fan of our show, you'll like it even better because everything we do will just be there. You're not sifting through different things. You are just everything stock exchange is on the stock exchange channel. Yep. And it might even open up the door for Trevor and I to do more shorts and little things here and there. Or, you know, maybe if we have somebody on the pod, especially with the actual draft coming up and, you know, the beast of a series we did last year, like more little things here and there. So it's just it's a much uh, it's a very exciting long term thing. We just need everybody to follow with us and subscribe to that channel. When yep. it opens up. Yep. Yep. We would really, really appreciate it. Uh, we're creating that uh, later this week. So it's all you free. guys will be able to see that. Yeah. 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 It, it's all obviously we're free. We're not charging for this podcast. Everything's free. Not yet. Yet, yeah. though. Yes. Soon it's going to be $100. Soon it's going to be $100 a minute. No, that it'll you be listen an NFT. To the, show. the podcast <laughs> will be an NFT. If you don't own uh, just the, <laughs> the NFT, it's just a million different pictures of Trevor and I doing really stupid things. You have to own an <laughs> NFT of us, and then you can download the podcast every week. Uh, as always, let us, know what, idea that was. let us know what you guys think of uh, our plan to fix the Houston Texans. Even if you're not a Texas fan, we would love to hear from you guys and our philosophies of the draft and everything like that. Um, I will be sure that we will be sure to update you guys as the new channel is created. The reason why we did linebacker is because like, look, there's a handful of really great linebackers that are going to be impactful for their team, but we know that people love wide receivers. So we didn't want the wide receiver episode to be on the PFF channel. If like people were going to, come back and reference our work on the new channel. So we want to start, we will get wide receivers will be next week. We promise we want to get to it, but we wanted that to be part of the inaugural week on the, on the new channel, because it's a great way to get conversation started because everybody loves watching wide receivers. We know you guys got thoughts on wide receivers and we're going to get to that uh, at some point next week, but let us know what you thought of this episode. Um, Hit us up in the comments, hit us up on Twitter at Tim Bay Trey at Connor J Rogers. You can hit us up on Instagram as well. It's a great place to interact with us, you know, t- you know, until, until we get the new channel and then you can interact with us there. But uh, I enjoyed this one, Connor, any, uh, any final, final notes, final words that you got before we get out of here. Appreciate everybody that asked for this episode. It was, it was crazy to see mm-hmm. uh, the Texans fans that really wanted the show. Hopefully it lived up to your expectations. And honestly, if it didn't, Say what you would have done. I mean, that's the point of this is a lot of different conversations here. Say what you would have liked to see, things you're hopeful for, things you're doubtful of, uh, how you would approach the draft. I I would even get on, if you you were real diehard, run back the mock draft segment, run the simulator on pff.com yourself, be the Texans, and go through the scenarios that Trevor and I went through and see how yours shakes out. So I'm excited to do a couple more of these fixing the teams as well throughout the Yeah, offseason. yeah. If it didn't live up to your expectations, like kick rocks, just like Connor said. Yeah, yeah. You know, like get, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're done. Pound don't, sand. Come, don't come to the new channel. You weren't invited anyway. <laughs> we love all you guys out there. I'm Trevor Sigma. That's Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange. We'll see you next time. 